podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Hi everybody, this is the Cricket Badger Podcast. Each badger marks the track with its own scent. His black legs are short but very powerful for digging. The name badger probably comes from the French word bécher, meaning digger. Hi everybody, welcome to another edition of the Cricket Badger podcast. We take a break from World Cup fever to look at the county game. We're going to be joined by two supporters this week to discuss the 100 and other things as we go through this show. I read a piece for Cricket 365 this last week about the 100 and my disgruntlement. My thoughts on the 100 change from week to week and they tend to change when the ECB say something. Left to my own devices, I get my head around it. I think, yeah, the game needs to find a new audience. It needs to evolve. The 100 come out and issue a statement and I just naturally dig my heels in and feel some kind of inner resentment that they are mistrusting the existing cricket fans and are trying to tinker with the rules of cricket. So I am very malleable. I am somebody that if they offer me something new, which I can see the merits of, I will grab it with both hands and support it. At the moment, I'm quite worried about the 100 and what the implications might be. But anyway, enough of my chats. Let's hear from Becky Fairley-Clark, who is the chairman of the Cricket Supporters Association. More of that from her in a second. And a increasingly regular visitor to the Cricket Badger podcast, Simon Peel, Kent supporter, who is always very eloquent on his thoughts of the game. Let's hear from them on this edition of the Cricket Badger podcast. It's that Badger style. Some people would say that the 100's been brought in without too much conversation with the general supporters base. I'm joined by Becky Fairley-Clark. I'm going to speak, speak to you first, Becky, because you are chairman of the Cricket Supporters Association. Yeah, that's right. So the Cricket Supporters Association has been around for a little while, but now we're doing a really big push just to get as many fans involved and engaged with us as possible. We're a not-for-profit organisation designed to bring together cricket fans from across the spectrum so whether you love t20 cricket you're an ardent county fan or you just want like watching england with the idea that as a combined voice then we'll have a much more kind of valued voice within the game so i think a lot of the time obviously the hundred is potentially an example of this you know a lot of people get involved in making decisions about the game but don't ask the fans the people that spend their money and spend their time watching cricket and then so involved and passionate about cricket so yeah we've we've been going for a while and now really keen to get as many members as possible and as many people involved and the other voice that you'll hear on the podcast this week simon peel he's been on before but welcome back simon thank you very much thank you for having me and uh, you'll be uh, well you'll be very happy won't you because kent promoted doing okay in the division one Yes, yeah. I mean, salvaged a draw today. We're making a good fist of it. We've got some young stars that hopefully, if we stay up in Division One, we can we can stop some some of the the poachers coming in and, and taking away from us. So yeah, all is bright at the moment. So welcome to the podcast, both of you. We're going to start off. I, I was listening to uh, BBC Radio Five live the other night, and the Tuffers and Vaughan show, and they had Tom Harrison, the chief exec of the ECB, on that. But I'll, I'll, I'll put my course to the mask before we, we start. I, I was very anti the. 100 when it first came in and gradually it's dawned upon me that cricket needs to do something to change and to get that new audience in inverted commas that the ECB keep talking about because 
the parts of the game that I love. I love the county side, county championship, all the way through to the T20. So I've got no sort of preconceived ideas about which ones I want to protect, and certainly want to keep the championship going. And I think to bring in something new might just do that. Tom came on the other day, gave an impassioned plea about why it all, all came about. And one of the things he said was that in the surveys that they'd done with supporters, I'll get your opinion on that in a second, Becky, he said that they'd, in, they'd consulted with a lot of people and the general consensus from supporters was that cricket needed to be simplified. For people on the outside, the periphery to understand cricket, it needed to be simplified. Now, my take on that, if you are taking existing cricket, which is well documented, the rules are everywhere, and trying to make it into something completely new, which isn't too far away from cricket, but which is even, I think, a little bit more convoluted, I don't think that simplifies it at all, does it, Becky? That's it, and it's interesting with the, you know, and first of all, I should just say, you know, the, the Cricket Sports Association isn't a protest group about the 100. We haven't been set up for that reason. We've been set up to be a really positive force within cricket, just a independent body representing the views of cricket fans. So, you know, and we haven't been set up to criticise the ECB, just to kind of challenge them if that's what cricket fans feel is required but yeah I mean I think that it is interesting the kind of changing of the rules and also yeah how simplified that is actually going to be because presumably in terms of the actually you know what happens on the field the batting the catching the bowling and that that's all going to be those you know the same kind of rules but also what I was quite interested in and um, is, is the kind of people that they did do the research with and I'm and I do believe that the ECB has done quite a lot of research into this over time or whatever but it was it's just kind of narrowing down those people that they did speak to so there's obviously the number of the 10.5 million cricket fans or people who have an interest in cricket but then only 1.1 million actually buy tickets and I think of the people that they spoke to they tended to be people that had an interest in cricket but obviously weren't necessarily buying tickets. And so it's very much targeted at that audience to say, what is it that you're looking for that would make you go from kind of go from liking it to actually spending your money on it? It's always going to be an interesting question, I think, for existing cricket fans because we do live and breathe it and we understand it i think it's a really interesting situation that we're in and as i say i mean part of the cricket support association our role is to kind of find out really what cricket fans think because obviously there is a lot of chatter about the fact that um you know existing fans aren't don't want it don't want it to happen you know all the criticism that there is on twitter and everything like that but we've actually got a new survey that will be launching really soon where we will kind of try and delve down and have give fans the opportunity to say actually they, they're not against it or they like it for this reason but they're concerned about what it will in how yeah. it will impact the domestic game whatever so that we can really drill down and then say this is what cricket fans are feeling this is what existing cricket fans who do spend their money on cricket this is what their concerns are simon coming across to you with a similar question really but if it's simple to count to 100 is it not just as simple to count to six and to count to 20 why, why do we need to have the 100 rather than a revamped t20 competition i think one of the things that they are looking to do is is they are looking to to slightly shorten cricket it's to, i mean one of the things that i believe was mentioned in the in the interview on the, the toughens of one show where he was asked directly was this made to to a brief for the bbc did the bbc ask you to make a, a tournament yeah. specifically for yeah. them and they said no he said no sorry but we, we had this idea where i think one of the key things uh, that i read in an article the other day is that 
in, the, in their survey that 75% of young families who prefer a shorter game lasting less than three hours and finished by 9pm. <laughs> that was the three kind of things that, that came out of that survey. Now, that survey was only for 500 people. The whole kind of thrust of the article I was reading was small um, sample sizes for surveys and is it indicative and this, that and the other. But I think what we can't get away from is that I think they're trying to replicate a, a football style of audience, a, sli- a slightly um, shorter attention span, as it were, not to do the football down, but to, to have it more family orientated, finished by nine o'clock, rather than rolling on into the kind of the late hours potentially and, and to, to make it a, an easily more consumable product, which, I mean, at times T20 is supposed to be, is becoming increasingly less so as we see kind of games tick over to, to four hours at times and then if rain comes along or when rain comes along in England, then it, it, it takes even more time. It's just this idea of making it more consumable. By no means am I a, a passionate supporter of the 100. I, I came on before and I had my... I had my doubts, but I think their intentions are are good. The Cricket Badger podcast is brought to you in association with Cricket365.com. Their ethos, we love cricket and want to make the world love it as much as we do. Join them at Cricket365.com. Thank you very much to them for their support of the Cricket Badger podcast. I quite liked what a lot of what Tom Harrison said. I'm certainly not averse to change and certainly not averse to the 100 coming in or something new coming in. My idea, Becky, when I did um, something on the Badger podcast a few weeks or months, I can't remember now, ago, was I, I did a Badger blueprint which split the county season into three and finished the season with a T10 competition. We've seen T10 played in Dubai, but no country's actually adopted T10 yet. And my idea, rather than have the 100, was to have a T10 competition which had two or three games on the same day. It could be city-based. I've got no problem with that. I mean, Tom Harrison's assertion on on the Tuffers and Vaughan show that about 80% of the population live within striking distance of a city is probably quite right. And why not a T10 and keep it cricket rules, you know, bowling from either end rather than trying to complicate something? I don't know. <laughs> I mean, I think that's probably one of the questions that everybody has is the fact that it's meant to be simplifying it, but it doesn't seem to be. And, and obviously by generating a whole new format, then it is kind of off-putting to existing cricket fans because it's like, well, what's wrong with the changing of the ends? And Personally, I think that they, not talking from the Cricket Sports Association point of view, but my point of view, it's kind of, they, they've obviously changed their rhetoric a little bit about who it's designed for and why they've changed this because, like you say, you know, counting to six or to ten is easy and women and children can manage to do that. So they've obviously done, well, according to them and, and that there's obviously research behind it, but pers- yeah, I don't know if it makes that much sense. One of the things that Tamarison also said, and he, he got, quite verbose at one stage I think thinking that he was making sense I was listening to it thinking this just doesn't stack up because what he was trying to suggest was that you know the hundred needs to attract this new audience we saw in the women's world cup a couple of years ago that a, a brand new audience started to turn to the women's game and it took the presenter to actually remind him that the women's world cup was played to six ball overs and to normal cricket rules kind of thing there wasn't anything new or fancy about 
the approach that the Women's World Cup took it. It was just marketed better and it was put out there in front of people. And surely, Simon, if we, if we want to try and attract a new audience, rather than tinker with the game itself, shouldn't we start to actually think about more innovative ways of actually you know, trying to approach this 10.5 million floating fans just around the edge? And I think, yeah, I think it's the marketing thing that the that ECV haven't quite got yet. I mean, the, the, the women and children comment early on didn't particularly help with that. The gaff with the on the on their latest press release with the stock photo of, of the men celebrating has backfired on them as well. But it's almost like it's become a, a, a bit of a an ongoing laughing joke and this idea of rebranding. I think I think what they would have liked to have done with the T twenty blast was was potentially to rebrand that. Um, and, and make that more of a, a prospect or to um, to launch a new thing like the, the T10, like we say. But I think this idea of, of starting again and kind of this, this etch-a-sketch routine of, of just shaking everything up and seeing where it lands with the 100 was, was the, the route that they went down. But I think it's going gonna, it's gonna to need a lot of marketing to win people round. But again, it's, it's this, this classic thing that a lot of people say, which is the people who are listening now, the people who I'm reading on Twitter, the people who we read in the, in the cricket magazines or the cricket websites we're reading, we are not the people that they are trying to appeal to. So we're not the people that they're necessarily going to be listen to, listening to. It's a it's the cricket version of Brexit, isn't it? We're, we're screaming into a void and we, it, the hundred's going to happen as far as I'm concerned. No one's going to turn around after, after these months and months and months and months and, mu- and millions and millions and millions of pounds and say, actually, we've changed our mind. Let's do something else. And I think it's time that we accept it. We give it a crack. I, I, I tweeted the other day that I, I, I can't remember anything from the world of sport that has been so vehemently protested against before it even happened. I think we need to give it a go and now and see what happens and go into it with an open mind um, because and I think the thing that I said on my tweet the other day as well is that I wondered if the IPL had a similar level of vitriol when it first came out and, and I found the original Crick Info press release of, of the first IPL and it says a revolutionary new system which is aimed at enticing a new generation of sports fans into cricket grounds. And I thought that sounds familiar. That's exactly what we're hearing uh, now. And didn't the IPL do that? That was what the T20 Blast was supposed to do, though, Simon, wasn't it? it I think, yeah, the, I the, think the, the press t- release said exactly the same about the T20 Blast. Mm. Mm. And, and the, the thing with the T20 Blast is that I think it became, I, I, I talked about the, the kind of footballification of, um, of cricket, and I think that went too far. I think the T20 Blast has become a bit of a party stand atmosphere, a bit of a beer glass snake atmosphere and it's not necessarily a take my 12 year old kid atmosphere and i think that's well, is there any is there any suggestion that the 100 is going to be any different to that i think i think it's it's supposed to be i think it the the idea is is that again i've mentioned this the last time that i was on i work in a school i'm a teacher and there are there is a functional knowledge in in quite a lot of of kids of cricket and an interest in cricket a a kind of buy-in with cricket but when the follow-up question is have you ever been to see cricket the answer is almost always no and the idea of when i was 13 14 15 and started chipping off and seeing football games on my own if we could replicate that with cricket and we could get this idea of the fact that we could raise this small amount of british children who aren't watching cricket games live to get them into a stadium with the with their family or with a a group of friends when they're slightly older I, i i can't 
think of that as anything but a good thing. But I think a big part of that will obviously be the cost of tickets and how much it actually goes it is mm-hmm. to, to go to a game. Because, you know, as any family knows, you know, you have to make decisions about what you're going to be spending your money on. So I think that will be a really interesting point for them to you know when that's released so that we can see okay that is truly you know aimed at a family audience because obviously I know a lot of people say but there's there's also you know when you go to football football costs however much as well and Mm. and you know but you know a concern would be I guess that you're trying to encourage people to something brand new where they don't even know if they're going to like it when they're there and so it'll be really interesting to see how they they structure the pricing of it to entice that audience in. Yeah, we'll see how that goes. When I, when I went to my first uh, T20 game at Headingley, and the, the crowd was, wasn't too bad, but there weren't that many there, but it was considered a bit of a joke to start with T20. I think it was one or two pounds to get in. It was, it was next to nothing, but it wasn't long mm. before the authorities soon realised that there was money to be made from this new cash cow. Just going back to the, the 10.5 million that Tom Harrison talked about, Becky, you're saying that like a, a million of those or a million and a half of those are already kind of engaged with cricket, but it's the rest of them that are the people that have ticked on a form somewhere to say, we like cricket but they haven't actually been buying tickets and going to games do, do you know any of the people that were, were surveyed no don't know no they keep saying that they've re- surveyed people but i don't know anybody that's actually been asked anything no no i don't know but then having because we are the cricket sports association we have got a conversation going with the ecb and they they did say you know about the amount of research that there is and how robust it is but yeah i mean i don't know anyone well i have we haven't been contacted by anyone who has was well, you know surveyed for it so i don't know i mean and i think the idea behind it is obviously that's a huge number isn't it 10.5 million people who say that they like cricket or you know have some sort of association with cricket but then to have only 1.1 buying tickets you know it does feel like a big drop from the amount of people that are do have an interest in the game and so it is interesting you know there is a conversation obviously to be had about how they we get those people that like it to actually get more involved in the game but you know i guess the question that we've been asked a lot is like but why isn't money the money that's spent on the hundred why isn't that being spent on existing competitions and you know and so to build those up instead of creating something new tom harrison did talk about the fact that it's a shortened game the perception of the game and the game's difficult to understand but like we were saying you know it, it is the new game any easier to understand and and maybe if they tightened up t20 so that t20 was back to what it should have been when it was a much kind of shorter game uh, in terms of the time that it takes then, you know, could that not work? It's it's a really interesting discussion point. And obviously, yeah, as the Cricket Sports Association, we're just trying to find out exactly what a broad range of cricket fans feel about it and what their concerns are or why they're positive about it. Discover one of the most beautiful lifestyle resorts in the Caribbean at the Accra Beach Hotel and Spa. Located on the south coast of Barbados, this beachfront property offers 224 rooms, sparkling pools, four restaurants, three bars, an on-site spa, event and conferencing facilities, and a welcoming team providing unparalleled relaxation to make your stay a memorable one. What are you waiting for? Book your reservation at this award-winning hotel today and experience the Caribbean dream.
isn't the danger with research that you know ECB secrets and they've done research I mean I used to work in research a little bit in a, in a previous life if you have put your eggs in this basket and as Simon hinted earlier on you know a U-turn is unlikely because one of the reasons was to be a lot, lot of egg on faces if they did say oh we've made the wrong decision now let's go down a different route if you're going to do research to try and support something that you've invested a lot of your reputation into those questions are going to be quite leading to a degree and you can actually make research tell you anything you want to can't you Simon and that's the danger isn't it yeah it's true it's like I said this article that I read in the cricket paper is that was kind of the thrust of it slightly it's it's the old kind of nine out of ten dentists job isn't it they will ask the questions that they want you to ask they will use the sample sizes that they want you to that, that they make them look the way that they want to but it, it's this case of the fact that they are going to force their agenda which makes it sound I think more aggressive than it's supposed to but it, it, it's going to happen as, as I've intimated and they're looking for the justification to, to maybe get some of the huge weight of criticism off their off their back I think. I, I'm a, a journalist I'm on the ECB county media list I've got my press pass I've never been asked anything. You know, there's, a, there's an awful lot of people watch county cricket from press boxes who know a lot about the game, who write a lot about the game, see every, every ball bowled um, for particular counties. I don't know anybody that's been asked to, uh, from press boxes either, what do you think about X, Y, Z? You know, if, if we're going to be researching and we're going to be asking interested parties, then I'd expect to get a little bit of a survey form through my door to say, James, what do you think of this? It does seem to be a little bit, you know, cherry-picking the people that might tell you what you want to hear kind of stuff, Becky, isn't it? Your survey's going to be better than that, isn't it? Of course. Well, I mean, our survey is truly independent, and we are working with a London research agency who are made sure that all questions aren't leading questions because it is so easy to write a leading question. Even when you're, not, even when you're trying not to, you know, you can easily just kind of put, say it in such a way that people respond. So it, it is, it is, we're being really careful in terms of how we are talking about the different issues within cricket. So and as I say, it's about the 100, but it's also about ticket prices, formats of the game, the kind of free-to-air, not just TV, but kind of socially and that. So there's lots of different topics that we're covering in the survey. But yeah, I mean, I think we all know the surveys where it is quite a leading question. And it's funny that you mentioned about media not being asked about it. And I mean, and this has been the kind of one of the real... The reasons the Cricket Sports Association was set up was back when, you know, a kind of another review had happened within English cricket and the one set of stakeholders within the game who weren't asked were fans, were spectators. And so it's kind of yeah. like, is that because there isn't a place to go to talk to fans who are, you know, completely independently? And that's kind of where the Cricket Sports Association has come from. And I understand, you know, there is this whole kind of, we need to grow the game. And I don't think anyone who is a cricket fan would disagree with that I mean that's a very good statement I mean we do need to grow the game and stuff and it's just it's just interesting who's been asked and who hasn't uh, their opinions on on this new concept I think the, the ECB might come back and say well we have consulted media but what what they often tend to do because it's a, a logistical game they might talk to some national media down in London who largely probably cover test cricket or are on the broadsheets covering you know the county game from a purely a London base whereas an awful lot of County cricket is played outside the uh, outside the home counties. Um, a guy called Rob Dixon, who I know actually from a, a different working life, um, tweeted me after I had my little bit of a rant on, the, on my Twitter feed at cricket underscore badger if you want to follow it. Um, he said they sent surveys to county members or at least sent a question in the normal annual survey and pointless sending one to us, Durham, his, his team by the way, 
pointless sending one to us as we didn't get a city franchise. Um, he says they are stuck. They are alienating the core support with their vanity project. The non-cricket fans aren't interested because essentially it's still cricket. So are, are they not caught between a bit of a rock and a hard place here, Simon? I mean, yeah, it's, it's one of these things where it seems like the 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 national well the the media on Twitter and and the, the kind of BBC journalists have a, have a lot to say about it as well. Where, like I say, it's doomed to failure. One of the things that you've touched on there is is city franchises and things like that, and that that's one of the things that I hear a lot of people criticising it for. I don't I don't support a city. I have no allegiances to to anything like that. I, I'm not sure how much I. I, I hold in that. I, I have an IPL team that I support. I have a CPL team I support. It's, it's one of those things where I, I think you find some sort of identity with another team. There will be a, a more local team to, to Durham that they that they can latch onto and things like that. So I think it's it's this idea of the fact that I think if you've got a, a vested interest in it, you're going to have one very strong view on it. If you've got a vested interest against it then that's not going to change your view either. But it's a case of the fact that I think in in the long term, the way that we approach it from here on in needs to be with with an open mind. Like like I said before, I mean, I found it interesting that South African cricket recently got rid of its franchise system. As, as we're introducing a whole new layer of franchises, they're stripping theirs back because they experimented with that and, and it didn't work. Um, and I suppose that the... The nuclear option there that if if in a, a year's time or two years time or three years time we look back and we say the hundred was a failed experiment, then we can bring the Royal London One Day Cup back. We can we can just press the reset button potentially. If it is a success and if against the odds it, it works and it's a friend, it's a it's a concept that we can then sell and move on to other countries and it opens this new generation up and bolsters the ECB's wallets a little bit as well. Then it's a that that's a win as far as I can see. It's a win-win situation in that respect, or at very least a kind of win-draw situation. Where if it is a catastrophic failure, it will be consigned into the rubbish bin of history along with kind of the Alan Stamford T20 and things like that and we, we start again but I think we've reached a point now where we just need to, to push on uh, you mentioned Alan Stamford there we, we could have a whole podcast on him he's got a lot to answer for that man um, but yeah. um, I, I did some research uh, research makes it sound a little bit grand I had an A4 pad and I jotted some notes down um, going back through the years from when the four day championship came into being and looked at year on year from one year to the next how many times the format for, say, 1994 had then been replicated in 95 and then to 96. There were only two seasons where the game had stayed the same because somebody somewhere, and this was going back about six years, so ignore the last six years of this, that, that might be, yeah, there might be a couple of years there, but somebody somewhere had done a research project, somebody somewhere had decided there weren't, weren't enough bums on seats for that particular tournament, we need to rebrand it or we need to do something else with it. And the seasons had changed. So isn't that one of the problems that we have here, that when we're introducing stuff, we don't give them enough time to actually live and breathe and actually find their feet? Mm. We're, too, we're too quick to say, that hasn't worked. There's not enough people turned up to that. We need to change it for next year. And if you do that, the existing support base fails to understand what's going on. If you go to a game and you want to really live that game and you want to really understand the significance of that game, you need to know what it all means, what they're playing for, and when the next game might be and what it's all leading to. And we never really have had that in the county circuit, have we? 
I mean, there's a, there's a couple. There's a couple of things that they, like you say, that they tried and discarded. I think there was a bit of a fanfare, maybe two, three years ago, where they decided that all games would start on a on a Thursday, run through a Saturday and a Sunday, with, with a finish on a Sunday. And I thought that was a very, very good idea, which kind of died a death. And then other things get involved, and then there's one day internationals and all this sort of stuff. And then you find weirdly that a game starts on a Tuesday and all this sort of stuff. And I think that was a good format starting a game that would finish at the weekend potentially i think there was they toyed with the day night county championship games which were kind of roundly turned upon the quality of cricket was was quite poor and, and proved counterproductive but yeah like you said they, they they have tried things and it and it's not it's not immediately taken off but then i suppose if we were sat in the ECB, we would say, look, we've tried things. They haven't immediately taken off, so here's something else that we're going to try. Here's, here's a whole well, new is, format we're going to try. Isn't the problem that we've, we've got people in jobs who, quite rightly, are trying to make their mark and make their impression on cricket and make their jobs look as if they're important? But the bigger picture is that cricket needs to survive for another 100 years. So, mm. you know, short-term fixes don't necessarily sustain the game long-term, do they? No, but I would, I would be cautious in the fact that I think there's some good people who are trying to grow the game and you know and they do have I, i'm not saying they're not they're not good and they're not well-meaning but they're trying to actually the ecb wants to you know colin grace for example during his tenure wants to make changes that actually stamp his legacy on cricket people that go into these high high-ranking jobs want to actually make their mark and, and make a difference and by making a difference they, they often change stuff that doesn't necessarily need changing that's that's the point really so i'm not saying that they're bad people i'm saying that they're, they're no. changing things to make their mark to try and do good it doesn't necessarily sustain the game no uh, but i mean i think the trouble is that 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 happens everywhere doesn't it across life and you know people come in and they want to stamp their authority they want to prove you know what they can do and and it unfortunately then that happens within cricket as well and cricket is obviously quite flexible in the fact that we do have the three formats already and so you know, obviously there's a decision that now there's a fourth format that can bring all this new audience in. So, yeah, no, I, I know what you're saying. I just, yeah, I think that, but I, sadly, that just happens everywhere, doesn't it? So Simon made the point about the, the days that championship matches started. And I remember when I was working at Yorkshire, you, you, you could never please everybody because if yeah. a game started midweek, people that were working couldn't get there. But then you start a game that goes over the weekend, everybody that's playing club cricket is playing Saturday and Sunday, and then they can't yeah. get to Headingley or to wherever to go and watch the game. So one of the things you might find in your supporters association is that you, you do have a difference of opinion within your own organisation. That's potential, uh, isn't it? Yeah, massively. But I think that's, that's what we're expecting. We did already, we have already done a survey that kind of closed earlier this year. And yeah, there were some really wide-ranging views held there. Um, but obviously we can then get a mandate from the kind of the most popular views and we can move it forward from there. But it, but we're offering the chance for everybody to have their say and to get involved and to, you know, to tell us what they think about what's happening within the game. But yeah, I mean, all of us uh, individuals, and we all think differently. We all love cricket, obviously, but where it should go, what it should do, you know, what like, exactly what day of the week a county game should start on. I've read so much about, oh, where is it? Why isn't cricket being played on a Saturday? But you're exactly right. You know, there's no proof to show that actually cricket on a Saturday, county cricket on a Saturday is popular, you know, so yeah. it's it's a really you know it is an interesting situation that we're in and but you know we need as many fans as possible to join up so that we can say this is what cricket fans this is what the majority of cricket fans who are involved with the cricket sports station this is what they think this is what they believe 
The listeners to the Cricket Badger Radio Show podcast have gone up by 580% in the last 12 months. Thank you so much for all of your support for the Cricket Badger Radio Show podcast. And if you want to advertise on the show, well, of course you can. You're more than welcome to play your part as the podcast goes from strength to strength. We get in front of a lot of people out there. It's a real opportunity for you to put your business in front of the cricket world. Get in touch with us, cricketbadger at hotmail.com. Become part of the Cricket Badger family. Well, one of the things I, I, I was quite buoyed with, with hearing Tom Harrison talking the other night, and Tom, if you're listening, you're always welcome to come on the Cricket Badger podcast and, and talk about it as well. But he, he's definitely a cricket fan. You know, you listen to him talk. He, he, he wants the game to be successful and he wants to do the right thing. Um, so regardless of what's, you know, what's happening around the 80s and those little bits that maybe I don't agree with, the game does need to change. Yeah, Simon's right. You know, the, the 100 is coming. Regardless of uh, anybody that says, you know, this is a, a Mickey Mouse tournament, what, what on earth are you doing? It's gone too far now for it not to come. So kind of going back to what I was saying about, you know, season's never staying the same. Once it's in and once we know it's coming, which we do, we've got to get behind it and we've got to keep it for a good five or six years the same way and let it breathe and let it grow and let it find its, let it find its feet on the fixture list, haven't we? Yeah, I would say so. Because, I mean, when you think about from a family's point of view, and let's talk about the family market because that's obviously a really big one, is the fact that, you know, families, they, they need to plan, they need to know what, like you say, they need to know why they're going to this game, what, you know, what, and they need to go once and then they understand the format and also kind of like, okay, we park there, you know, then we can get the bus or whatever it is, you know, to, and then it can be something that they plan to do year on year. Whereas you're exactly right, so with anything, if, if it constantly changes or it's taken away or the time frame changes or whatever, then it's very difficult for people to get behind something when they're not sure that it's, it's going to happen year on year. And I think the only way so, that, that that will happen is through investment. I think, I mean, I know Nate, there's been a lot of names who have linked themselves to the 100 and, and, and so we've, we've had Chris Gale who said that he'd be willing to play and, and Coley and Rashid Khan and Kane Williamson and people like that. But I think the problem is is that the more newspaper stories run X amount over budget over and over and over and over again is going to be kind of inhibiting to its success. Yes, you need to throw an awful lot of money at stuff. We threw an awful lot of money at T20 when after the Benson and Hedges Cup wound up and we we threw quite a deal at that and then it took off now we haven't had to we haven't reaped the rewards of that personally as as the ecb but i think it is going to need as you say a bit of a bit of courage a bit of stickability and a bit of a a financial bankrolling to reap some rewards in the long term because it's only if those people who are on the fence if they are seeing chris gale play if they are seeing kane williamson play if they are seeing rashid khan play in a tournament that is quite short rather than the t20 blast which goes over a longer period of time i think that's where you start to reap the rewards i mean let's be honest we're all cricket fans all three of us will go to games of the hundred to see what it's like yeah you know, i don't think bums on seats will not be a problem i don't think when it's actually started and people can see it the one thing i do like about it as well one of the major plus points of the ipl i've always thought and the CPL just recently the draft when the players enter the draft and you can see that list of players and each of those teams is bidding for them and you can see those squads taking shape that's quite exciting that that's one of the best marketing tools for a short form tournament I think that exists at the moment that the buzz around the draft is huge isn't it I mean it's, it's pure theatre isn't it it, it sets the it sets the thing up something that we've stolen from American sports a little bit, isn't it? And it, I, th- I think it, it gets you involved in it. The, the fact that it happens in the IPL quite a long time before the uh, before the season starts. It's the best advert for the tournament.
development you can hope for and to have these kind of stellar names involved in it. The reason why it, it wouldn't have worked for the T20 Blast is largely you don't have those those high, high, high caliber names. You've got some big, big, you've got some big names in there, but those world-class players have never really transferred into the T20 Blast. But now that we've got a tournament that maybe it is catching the eye a little bit more and because it has got some money behind it and unfortunately money money talks and and we see that in all sports and we see that all the time i think i, I read something the other day that this new euro t20 tournament there are players who are choosing not to be in the the cpl to play in that because they're being offered a considerably more money than that so chris lynn and people like that are, are turning down the chance for the for a more established t20 tournament to go to something newer and i think the hundred will have a similar effect yeah i mean we'd all do the same as well wouldn't we? in any walk of life you're, you're a teacher simon if another school came and said right i'm going to double your salary you'd think about it wouldn't you well just in case my head teacher's listening probably not but um i think it would <laughs> catch my eye certainly don't want to get myself in I mean, trouble. I think that's, that's it, isn't it? I mean, and also you have to think with cricket players, they do have a limited career in terms of playing cricket. So I mm. wouldn't ever think that they, you know, of course, if there's big bucks to be made, I can understand why it would certainly intrigue and interest them. I think it lends itself as well to being, to being a bit shorter. I think, I know out of that list of, of names that I said that have kind of tentatively linked themselves. I know Rashid Khan's played in the T20 Blast and Chris Gale's had a bit of a turn as well. But I think the fact that you're not signing yourself up to something that's going to go on for a number and number and number of weeks, you're there for a short period of time, you get in, you get out, you pick up your paycheck and, and everyone's happy, hopefully. You, you mentioned Virat Kohli, actually, in your, when, you, when you were talking about players that said they'd play in it. I, I'd be massively surprised if the BCCI let the Indians come and play in the 100. It, that would shock me um, hugely because they um, want to see the IPL successful and not uh, not the English version. So uh, well, that, that remains to be seen. That's the water to go under the bridge. Uh, mm. Becky, in terms of the T20 Blast, are you worried about the that sort of disappearing off as a B-list tournament with far less interest in it and it just sort of dying a death really? Because the T20 Blast has, has come on leaps and bounds over the last two or three years. More bums on seats, lots of exciting games. I don't want to see that disappear. No, and I think from our members, that's one of the main things that they're concerned about is kind of the impact on the, obviously, the existing formats and what's going to happen there, whether it's the T20 or the Royal London Cup or even, you know, the first class games. And, and so if you're a county member, what are you going to be watching during the peak of summer while the hundred's on? And so definitely, I think that's where the kind of probably the biggest concern is in terms of what does it mean to the games, the formats of the games and the the counties, the club that I already love. That's a lot of the kind of feedback that we've been getting is, is kind of what does it mean? And okay, yeah, you know, a lot of the game does need to grow and it does need to, potentially it needs to change, but does it need to do it to the detriment of what's already there? I think is one of the biggest concerns that some of our members have. Because Simon, I, I was commentating at Tenbridge, not against Yorkshire and Luke Fletcher was my co-commentator because he'd been hit on the head so he was missing the rest of the season. So he, uh, mm -hmm. he, he drew the short straw and ended up sat next to me. He, he's a player who his county loves, the not supporters absolutely love Big Fletch. He's never going to be good enough to play for England. The T20 blast and the prospect of getting to finals day is his Wembley kind of thing and his huge showpiece. And he's possibly not quite good enough to be picked up by a, a city-based franchise. So the T20 blast, which is currently there for somebody like Luke Fletcher as a major chance to get in front of TV screens and to really 
get in front of big crowds, that's possibly going to disappear for a whole raft of players. Yeah, I mean, there's a, there's a lot that's been made of the one-day cup turning into a, to a development league or a development yeah. trophy is what it is. it's been being called now and things like that and, and as I've said before that, that isn't necessarily a forever thing we can we can see how that lands we can see how that pans out but I, I genuinely believe that there is a place for multiple tournaments there is a, a place for Many, many, well, not many competitions, but a handful of competitions running at the same time as one another. I mean, in India, you've got the Ranji Trophy, you've got the Indian Premier League, but there's also a, a, a regional-based T20, the, the, the Mushtaq Ali Trophy, there's the, and that has fans turning out for it. Obviously, it doesn't have the clamour and, and pyrotechnics of the IPL and the world's gaze on it, but... It has an alert to it, and the fans go to it, and the players turn out for it. And you see players like Shreyas Iyer, who got to the final of both, oh, sorry, got to the knockout stages of both trophies, performing at a very high level in both competitions. And I think there is a place for both the T20 Blast and the 100, and potentially the, the One Day Cup, and certainly the, the county championship. But it's just how it all fits together. And, and obviously, one of them will, will draw focus, but I don't think that any of the, the the tournaments in India are any weaker due to the IPL. I don't think the, the BCCI is weaker because of the IPL. I don't think any of the tournaments are, are weaker because of the IPL. It's it, it all kind of supports each other. Now we've got this area now where we're unsure. Where we don't know where it's going to fit in. We don't know how it's going to work. We don't know how it's going to kind of homogenise together. But it's going to have to, and we're going to have to see how that how that lands and obviously surveys and and fan support and and the work that that you're doing is going to be a massive part of of how that future spans itself out to round off our the 100 chat then on a on a scale of one to ten with one being um not at all excited and ten being incredibly excited so that you're almost fit to burst where would you put yourself on that spectrum about the 100 being introduced um, next year becky you start me personally, I'm kind of in the middle. I think there's some questions that need to be asked. I think there's a lot that still needs to be discussed and worked out. So I'm going to really massively sit on the fence and wait until I've got the survey results from my okay. from our next survey, and then I'll be able to come back to you and let you know. Simon, <laughs> I'm I'm going to sit on the fence quite a lot as well, but say but say five. I'm going to sit right in the middle of that five fence, and I'm going to say that I mean when some names start coming out, and when a bit of buzz comes around on it, and when it on the TV and things like that, it, it will go up. But I think there's very few cricket uh, cricket matches and cricket tournaments that I'm below five on. So okay. um, yeah, I think a solid five. Okay. I I was a two when it was first announced I'm probably more like a six now it's, it's starting to win me over I can see definite merits for it it just needs to be marketed right and it needs to be run right and the danger sometimes is when the ECB open their mouth they put me off a little bit rather than actually turn me mm. on so mm. that, that's that's the only caveat to that but I am getting more and more excited before I, I let you go and thank you very much for being on the show this week both of you the uh, World Cup obviously are you happy with the 15 that England are going to be sending out to battle for uh, the, the, the trophy? Yes, very. Yeah. <laughs> that, that was an answer to somebody that wants to go, isn't it? Who <laughs> wants to go and vote? No, 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 sorry. I, don't, I haven't got anything to add. I think they have picked the right 15 for me. And I think it, I'm excited about it. I really am. Although I have that kind of sports fan, you always feel the excitement, you feel so confident, your team plays so well up until a certain point and then bleh, 
you know and I think that's it's when are England going to have their blip because it will happen won't it and if it happens obviously in the semi-final or something that's not so good so yeah. I, I I mean I, I, I'm massively excited about the World Cup and yeah can't wait for it you, to start you, it feels you, like you, a long time coming you've just summed up exactly what it's like to be a Leeds United fan this season Becky. <laughs> um, all excitement <laughs> on the verge of promotion and then it all <laughs> fell apart Simon yourself are you happy with the 15? Yeah, I think so. I mean, uh, it, it's very, very difficult, isn't it? Because we've got an embarrassment of riches and, and, and the fact that as a, as a cricket fan for, for many, many, many years now, to have so many talented cricketers to choose from and, and have all this hand-wringing and teeth-gnashing and all this kind of stuff is a very new feeling for an England cricket fan. I mean, I think David Willey should feel very hard done by and, and I think in a different set of circumstances, he could have gone on and had a, an incredible an incredible tournament as a Kent fan. I think um, Denley was, was treated very strangely in the whole shake-up barely barely played and and things like that for only for Dawson to come in but I, I think it's it's an incredibly exciting squad I think as as Michael Vaughan said I, I, I can't recollect uh, a one day in, uh, international squad for England that has ever come close to that that squad and I think when the BBC ran their make your all-time one day international England team and pretty much half of them were all from the current crop of players I think that that says more than than anything it is a squad that's just packed with huge amounts of talent and, and good luck to them all as they uh, embark mm. on the World Cup is a huge pressure as a as a host nation there's a lot of expectation there so uh, um, they're going to do very well to win it because I think it's, it's not going to be quite as easy as some people make out India are a very good side and there's quite a few uh, other prospects out there but uh, good luck to England as they embark on the World Cup Becky, give out the details of any for anybody that wants to get involved with the uh, supporters association. If they if they do want to find out a bit more about you and want to uh, fill in your surveys and, and maybe join up, how do they do that? They just go to it's really simple. It's cricketsupporters.com is our uh, website. So just cricketsupporters.com, and then the Twitter is your cricket sa. So yeah, we just love as many cricket fans as possible to join up and get involved and have their say. It does make a lot of sense, doesn't it? Because everybody's having their say on social media. If it can all be channeled through one voice, it's a lot easier for the ECB to actually deal with. So uh, wish you every success with that as you go, uh, well, not just this Thank season, you. but in the future as well. Thank you yeah, both for you for joining me this Thank week. Thank you for having us. Thank you. It's that Badger style. Thank you very much to Simon and to Becky for joining me on the Cricket Badger podcast this week. Much appreciated their time. I think you'll agree they have some very interesting things to say on the 100 and the future of the county game. That chat was recorded about 10 days ago or so. So nothing much has changed particularly in terms of the 100 apart from the fact that they brought out the names of six of the city-based sides. As I said at the top of the show, every time I hear from the ECB, I'm just starting to get my head around it. I hear from them and then I think, oh my goodness, what are you doing to the game? And the names of the sides have just left me completely cold. And they show a distinct misunderstanding, I think, of what makes supporters tick and what makes supporters think, wow, yeah, that's my team. The Trent Rockets, I described it in my piece on, on Cricket365 as a Midlands moustached porn star. The Welsh fire. The people in the southwest of England have suddenly got to become Welsh, have they? London Spirit sounds more like a charitable cause. And I just really can't understand where Southern Braith and Birmingham Phoenix come from. And my association with cricket, my team is Yorkshire. The team playing out of Headingley is going to be called the Leeds Superchargers. Now, where does that come from? And what it does show is a complete misunderstanding of the north of England, I think, and Yorkshire as a geographical, political area. 
The people of Yorkshire are incredibly proud of being Yorkshire folk. They are often far from supercharged, only in their dourness and their liking of saying it as it is. Do they get lively? It's a very much a stereotypical kind of viewpoint, but I'm sure people in Yorkshire will relate to that. The main thing is that Sheffield and Bradford and Leeds and Hull, Middlesbrough, and then if you go up into the northeast where this team is going to be representative as well, Newcastle and Durham, they are very much their own entities, their own political, social areas. The people of Sheffield don't want to be Leeds. The people of Leeds don't want to be Bradford, etc. So having Leeds in the name is a mistake. It really is. And Leeds Superchargers, it makes no sense to me whatsoever. The one thing I think that unites people in that part of the world is their northernness. You know, we're from the north. We're proud of that. Stick a team with north in it, northern nuggets, whatever. But just think about how you are giving that team to the rest of the world. Putting a name on something gives it a tangible status. And Leeds Superchargers is not the right name for the team playing out of Headingley. Anyway, enough of my rant. I'm sure you've got your thoughts on that. Get in touch. Cricketbadger at hotmail.com at cricket underscore badger. Hope you enjoyed this edition of the Cricket Badger podcast. We have a weekly one coming out as well for the World Cup. Myself, Akash and Ollie from Cricket365 appearing on that. I have got so much work on at the moment. It is bonkers and I am loving it. The Cricket World Cup is fantastic and it is everything that is good about proper cricket. Play to six ball overs, play to the rules. It is proper cricket and it is exciting. So get behind your team. Enjoy the rest of the Cricket World Cup and I'll be back again next week with another edition of the Cricket Badger Podcast. Until then, Badgers, enjoy your cricket. Podcast Network.